A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I've waited an awful long time to finally have the moment to do this, as long as I've ever been a wrestling fan. And after this week's NXT, I oh, finally got it out of my system. So if it wasn't clear from that, this week, a group turned up at NXT, they had hoods on, they took the hoods off, it was a whole thing. But on top of this, we had a whole lot of other questions that needed to be answered from like the weeks coming into this. How would Samoa Joe fare in his new enforcer role? Would Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly be able to get the dub coming into their Great American Bash brawl thing? And would they finally get Cameron Grimes, just stick him on a rocket and blast him straight off into the atmosphere? Well, let's find out. I'm Gareth from What Culture Wrestling, and these are the ups and downs for this week's NXT. So, of course, it was made clear last week that Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly would have the honour of choosing their own opponents this week for, like, a tune-up, you could say, coming into their match at the Great American Bash. But because Adam Cole is always the smartest cat in the room, sorry, Finn, he came down to the ring and he was like, nope, don't really want to fight anyone tonight, so I'm just going to stand here. You've had the honour of seeing me sin a bit. But the self-proclaimed new king of NXT was in for a little bit of a surprise because Carmelo Hayes, of all people, suddenly strutted down to the, the ring in the middle of the CWC, stared him in the face, and he was like, I'm going to give you a reason why you should fight me right now. And it's, um, let me think of it. It was uh, some guy said it, some, some famous guy. He was a little bit invisible at times, but he said it in his debut. Oh, yeah. And like, he flexed up and he was like, yeah, that kind of mood. He then slapped Cole in the face and things got off to a hot start because after this he just flew out the ring, cross-bodied Adam Cole right on his face and his body and all that and it was looking pretty good for Hayes. But of course this is the longest reigning NXT champion in WWE history. It wasn't long before he started to just press his position a little bit, started to control things. He did like a net breaker and he was just being really, really, really cocky. Yeah, cocky's the word. He was just toying with him and being like, I'm the best. Who's this rookie? Who's this fool that you've put before me? And then just as Cole threw Hayes so hard into the barricade it seemed like he was going to fly off into orbit. That's two space references in like, what, two minutes? Just as he did that, it happened! I want it! I was just minding my own business and then this picture-in-picture thing popped up out of nowhere and then a voice of an invisible man by the name of John Cena started talking about Hondas and rising to the challenge and I don't even drive, but you know what? Right now, right now in this moment, I want it! I want it! He returned after the break and Adam Cole was enjoying a lot of ground control in the match. And honestly, Hayes put in a really good shift there. He did like a reversal from a suplex into a cutter. He did a cold breaker that the champion would have been proud of. But in the end, he just didn't have enough for Mr. Cole. Because on the back of a Panama sunrise that Hayes sold like his neck had just snapped in half, of course, Cole got the win. It was a big, like, momentum-building win. Good shift in the right direction for him. It all gets an up. The match itself, the little promo beforehand, all of it gets an up. But I think Hayes, I think he's one to watch. We had 
a quick clip showing what Frankie Minet had been up to earlier in the day. She was talking to Aaliyah and Jessica Mayer. That's a continuation of the stuff that happened last week, where she was like, oh, we're really good. You're going to win your match. I'm going to win my match. Oh, hey, Robert Stone, my dog's going to bite your face off. And he panicked because I panicked because that thing may be small, but it is mighty. This then segued into another backstage segment with Zoe Stark. She was obviously talking about the match she was going to have with Jessica Mayer and Aaliyah. Her partner was going to be Io Shirai. She was like, well, Shirai gave me my platform, really. She gave me that first big match in NXT, so I was just paying it back, as you do. I don't really, you know, want to stay with her in a team for too long. And then Io Shirai popped up and was like, I respect you. I just don't like you. And walked off, which is it's not the best way to warm up for a match, is it, Io? I really enjoyed this next little promo bit, so it's going to get a big old up. It was LA Knight lying on his lounger with his million dollar title on his waist. I hope to God he had something else on underneath. But he was just being a massive douche. He was getting champagne handed to him. He was talking about how he was going to drop Cameron Grimes on his head at some point in the future. He came across like a massive prick, and that's what we want from LA Knight to be a prick. Yeah. Your favourite twosome popped up in the arena at this point, and it was Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. They strutted down to the ring, and Johnny, well, he, he felt it was time for a change. Because he said on the back of the new management in the form of Samoa Joe being an enforcer now, they should now have, in NXT as a thing, a new champion because nobody likes a big monster named Karrion Cross, which will probably come back to haunt him, maybe even tonight. This opened the door for Pete Dunne to arrive and he was like, wait, so you seriously think that you're the number one contender to Karrion Cross? Nah, mate, it's me. And they kind of bickered a little bit, but then Johnny was like, no, 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 we're law-abiding citizens. I don't want to get eaten alive and choked out by Samoa Joe. So we're just going to leave this. I'm just going to put my mic down and he just left. He just left. He was very peaceful, very amicable. It was it was a nice change of pace. But Austin Theory clearly didn't get the memo because as he was leaving, he was like, ah, I've got my eyes on you, Pete Dunne. And as he put the finger out, he's obviously never watched what Pete Dunne does in the ring. He had his finger snapped and he just only had himself to blame, really. It was stupid. But the whole segment thing's going to get up. Oh, yeah. And because of the fact that Johnny Gargano called Pete Dunne Peter, at one point, we're going to bring up that Garganometer. That's going to get an 81%, because your boy chuckled. He had a jolly good time. Then Cameron Grimes showed up in his Rolls Royce, and he was feeling very benevolent. He was handing out money to everyone. He's like, hey, guys, you treat yourself. You do this. It was a bit of a bit of a change from his cocky kind of money-spending days. He was a bit more like, you know, you look after yourself. And then some stupid idiot with colourful hair popped up and was like, oh, have you just been looking after Ted DiBiase in his retirement home, in his nursing home? And then he punched him in the face and said, that's for Ted. Good for you, Cameron. Good for you. We have Mackenzie Mitchell backstage then having a conversation with Adam Cole about his win and how that really fact into his match against Kyle O'Reilly in the future and he was like, nope, not going to give him my thoughts and feelings on that. I don't care. I just want to get across the fact that I'm my own man and I do whatever the hell I want. But then Willie Regal showed up and he was like, right, all that beef between you and Samoa Joe, it's done. He choked you out. It's over. Game over. And Adam Cole was like, no, it's not over. He choked me out and I didn't deserve to be choked out. He should have repercussions. And Regal just clearly disagreed. So they were going back and forth for ages. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't really going to go anywhere. So Adam Cole just said, right, stuff you. I'm going to leave. And he did. A battery then popped up, like a charging thing. And it went up to like 30 31%. It carried on doing this throughout the show. It went to 41%, 51%. And whether this is all leading to the moment that my terrible phone that loses charge after 10 minutes is going to debut in NXT, ah, the ultimate heel. Johnny Gargano then took us into the place that we all know and love, so it was time to step into my office. 
And this was lovely to see. Johnny was extending an olive branch of sorts by bringing a new pencil after he infamously snapped Regal's old one, because he only has one pencil, apparently. He did that, and then he was like, right, I want to see, obviously, some consequences for the fact that Pete Dunne just savagely broke my friend's finger. And he was like, okay, there are consequences, you're going to have a match. And Johnny was like, what? Now? It takes a whole hour to get into my gear. And that, again, made me laugh. But we've already done one Garganometer for today, and that's all you're going to get. Tag team action was then swiftly on its way. It was Io Shirai and Zoe Stark in a tag team match, which I just said is like saying tag team. It just trickles off the tongue. They're up against the Robert Stone brand, and that match is going to get up. Because I really enjoyed this, it showed each individual in terms of the Shirai-Stark dynamic, what they can bring to the table. Zoe Stark can just flip and power slam out of seemingly every precarious situation on the planet, and Io Shirai can drop kick just about every soul known to man in the face like she has a bullet to to her feet and she just fires it up into the face. I also really think that Jessica Maya and Aaliyah as a unit are improving every single week. There was like a spinning springboard elbow thing that Jessica Maya did, which I thought was fantastic. I think Aaliyah's grappling on the floor. She did like a headlock at one point with the, the leg scissors in. It was good. It was good stuff. It just, it's exactly what we want to see in this division. A team being built and then some like star power in the form of Io Shirai just helping to raise it up a little bit. Of course, you knew it was only a matter of time before the way made their presence known. They popped up with their NXT Tag Team Championships. They were watching everything that was going on, but this did not put off Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. Far from it. Because Io Shirai eventually got up onto that top rope. She hit an absolutely pitch-perfect, beautiful moonsault down below, got the win for the team, but then you just knew the real end game was on the horizon. Because after this, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, they just popped up and they were like, wait, you, you guys don't think that you're the number one contenders, right? Because we're the number one contenders. And then Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon came out and they were like, you guys don't think that you're the number one contender. And you see where I'm going. Everyone's just thrown into the ring. They all started brawling and this is just something that we've seen time and time again on NXT so I was very close to being like oh giving it a down but we're not giving it a down because Samoa Joe is the new sheriff in town and things gonna change because he came into the arena and just brought all the security with him there was a big like sea of people just came out split everything up Joe was in the ring he was like not on my watch we're not having brawls anymore like this I think we may see the end of brawls until until later on because this is still NXT and after last week's hellacious tornado tag team match encounter between the Grizzled Young Veterans and Timothy Toothless Thatcher and Old Man Champer, it was confirmed that those, the latter team, the ones that actually won the match, are going to be facing MSK for the NXT Tag Team Championships at the Great American Bash. That's going to be a thing, and it's going to be a really good thing too. And they're going to have a face-to-face -face next week. Oh, it's the gift that keeps on giving. But before we get to that tag team match, we had another one which was popping up on this week's show. It was, like we already mentioned, The Way going up against Pete Dunne and only Larkin. And this match is not just going to get it up. It's going to get the yellow highlighter of the week, this magnificent thing. It's, it's, it's an acclaimed prize that just about everyone in the wrestling business wants, obviously, week to week. But it was fantastic, this match. It deserves it for many a reason. Because coming into this, I really had the thought of, well, who do we actually cheer for here? Because The Way have been pretty much heels for weeks and months and all the rest of that. Pete Dunne and Oni Larkin definitely come across the seals as well. It was a weird one. Everyone was booing him as they came in. So I was like, hey, how is this going to go? But the answer to that is it went very damn well because Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory wrestled absolutely out of their socks. There was a point they jumped out. You can see the feet. They jumped back in. It was great because there were just so many little nuggets of goodness in this. You had the incredible chemistry between Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne. I could see another 10 of those matches just between those two because I think they're absolutely excellent together. But then on top of this, I feel like Austin Theory really just came into his own just throughout this because he got battered. His fingers were already broken. There's a point when he got tagged in and his hand was like, oh, no, that really hurts. But then after this, he got isolated. He got beaten down and he was playing kind of a baby face in 
peril roll quite well, actually. And then obviously after this, he just pulled out an incredible seated springboard Spanish fly, just as you do. He did that. And then Johnny went full fiery babyface. And I've not seen that for a very long time. He started firing all around the place. He was just jumping, diving through the ropes, slingshot spearing people. It's good to have you back, Johnny Wrestling. And that's precisely what this felt like in a way. It felt like the return of Johnny as this kind of babyface character just because, well, nobody else could fill that role at this moment in time. But that's what he did. And then in the end, he just like flew out of the ring. He smashed into Pete Dunne. He was collapsed on the floor. Then he came back in, hit the one final beat on only Larkin. And then the way just won. That was it. They won the match. It was a great match. He had a clean finish, really, in the grand scheme of things. I think you can count it as that. It was good stuff. But things got a bit mucky afterwards because Karrion Cross was not happy about the comments made earlier in the night. Because he just suddenly attacked Johnny Gargano from behind and then Austin Theory got underneath him and I think they've put this on Instagram or Twitter or something. It, just, it felt very reminiscent of Simba and Mufasa. He was like, oh, Johnny, you okay? And I was like, that is too much, man. I, I did not tune into NXT to have my heartstrings pulled. But I think given the options that we have in the main event scene at this moment in time, or lack of because of throwing everybody into a fatal five-way just because you wanted Karrion Cross to look like a monster, because of all that, putting Johnny in a singles match with Karrion is not the worst idea in the world because Johnny can have a very good match with a cuckoo banana. Straight after this, we are Karrion Cross backstage. After beating up Johnny, he bumped into Samoa Joe. Not literally, because he was like, oh, I understand that unless I provoke you physically, you can't touch this. No, 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 he didn't do that. And then Samoa Joe was like, all right, cool, champ. Yeah, you walked past me. And it was just all very tense. It was very tense. And Scarlett was staring at him, and it was very tense. Then Pete Dunne popped up. He stared at him. It was all very intense. It was either intense slash there was tension, or Samoa Joe just has lovely eyes. Could just be that. Another announcement, we've got a big three-way tag team women's championship number one contender match thing that's going to happen next week. It's going to obviously be Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, taking on Shotzi Blackout and Ember Moon, and then the team of Io Shirai and Zoe Starks. That match is going to be great. It's going to be good stuff. Again, I feel like it's just helping build this division. I know I tend to complain when you just throw all these like, viable contenders just into a match for the sake of it, like you've got no clear direction. But on this occasion, I feel like it's helping because just, I don't know, it, it's nice seeing this many contenders for the belts. They feel like something worth fighting for for a change. Frankie Manet's world premiere Encore was next, and look, I'll be honest with you, you're probably not going to remember this match next week, but it did what it had to do. It did its job, so it's getting up. Because I think the key success story out of this whole little thing this week was the fact that we saw Frankie Monet just channel a bit more of a vicious side. She was landing some haymakers, she was just getting very violent, but Electra Lopez, who was obviously the person taking her on in this match, got her stuff in as well. She got a few little licks of offense. It was like a spinning back elbow, there was like two elbows in a row, and then she started shaking her hips, which made me start shaking my hips, and I got distracted, so I was like, stop it! Stop it, Lopez! But after a glam slam, Manet did get the win. That's obviously the direction we're going in with her right now, making her feel like a, an indomitable force. But I think you really need to just push the trigger on this Jessica Mayer, Aaliyah thing, just put them together, have them as a trio, as the dominant new faction in the women's division. Just do it. It makes sense. I, I think, like I said last week, the Robert Stone brand has run its course. Just give Monet some money and some people they... Bronson Reed had a quick backstage interview where he was asked to address the comments of Santos Escobar last week. He was like, I don't really know how to address this. I've pancaked the guy week after week. What more does he want? But then Hit Row arrived and Swerve, Isaiah Swerve Scott, stared at Bronson Reed. He was like, I think I want that belt. And then Top Dollar was like, oh, I'm the real monster here. And he was like, oh, are you really? And then Ashanti Adonis just popped up and was like, Ever Eyes, that's a thing. Because obviously they were going to fight Ever Eyes later in the night. It was all a bit muddled, but it's fine. We're going to move on. 
Oh yeah, before we got to the Everizon hit row match, we saw earlier on in the day on Twitter, Everizon attempted to spray paint Top Dollar's car without checking to see if he was in it. And of course he was in it. And he was like, dudes, you're wearing ski masks, but I can still see on your t-shirt, it says Everize. You gotta think these things through. But it was that match after this, and yep, you guessed it, we're bringing it back. <laughs> Because Hit Row did not mess around in this match, Everize got just about no offense in at all. Well, I'm lying, they did get one piece in. They flipped Top Dollar out of the ring and they were like, yeah, we've won, but it's not about a royal. So that isn't really how things work. He came back in, he pancaked Martel. And then after that, they hit like a, a net breaker powerbomb for the win and it was a squash. But it was a bit of a, a bit of a bitter squash this week because I like Everize. I don't want to see him get beaten up week after week after week after week. But I feel like that's the direction we're going in. Mercedes Martinez, she was backstage. They were going to have a mixed tag team match that was announced for next week. It was going to be Zaylee and Boa taking on Mercedes Martinez and and nobody apparently. She was like, I don't need anyone. But then Zaylee attacked her. She was like, Oh no, what are we going to do now? And Jake Atlas popped up, which I love Jake Atlas. I think he's great. So I was like, Woohoo, cool. We've got him to do something. In fact, he's got some substance he can sink his teeth into. But I just hope, hope to God, this doesn't mean he gets stink breathed by Mei Ying next week, which now I've said it. It's going to happen, isn't it? But then, before you knew it, it was time for the main event of the evening. It was Kyle O'Reilly taking on Kushida. They had hype video packages like they do on NXT for the big main events. They had them all the way through the show, through the night. And I was amped up. I was giddy for this. I could not wait. And guess what? It delivered. It's getting an up. Because if you love grappling and just anything technical, anything that kind of crosses over into the world of MMA, just like I do, then you'd love this. Because it just was that. It was just a game of chess, a game of physical chess on the floor. And it's something that I just can't do and I find it really impressive. Look, and I know I made the point last week of Kyle O'Reilly probably being a bit dumb picking Kushida, one of the most informed people in NXT to have a match with just before he has a match with Adam Cole at the Great American Bash. But like a lot of you said in the comments section and like even Beth Phoenix said on commentary, iron sharpens iron and my boy, my God, my goodness. There was a lot of iron and a lot of sharpening going on in this match. And of course, these two just know each other very well. So every time O'Reilly went for his kicks or his knees, Kushida answered back with his own. And every time Kushida went for the hoverboard lock, we had like transitions into arm bars, into more arm bars. There was more arm bars than a man in a bar with a leg. No. Yeah, no. And because there had to be a winner in the end, because NXT actually gives a toss about that and just doesn't do stupid non-finishes looking at you, hell in a cell. We did get exactly that, and this time it was Kyle O'Reilly, and it was in a roll-up. I know, I know, I know, we hate those things, surely, but in this match, in this scenario, it really worked because he outthought Kushida. He outgrappled him, outmaneuvered him, and in that moment, it just made sense. But before we could get too giddy about all that, things just moved yet again because Adam Cole got involved and he had a big fight with Kyle O'Reilly. They got got dragged out of the CWC. Joe sent all of his big security men down again. He was like, get him, boys. They all ran out. Joe was like, yeah, get him out of the ring. But then, as all this was happening, Kushida was left vulnerable in the ring, and oh boy, oh boy, the damn of mine have arrived. Because they had the hoods on, and that's what the hood thing was at the start of the whole video. They arrived, and they started beating up Kushida. It was Roderick Strong, Tyler Rust, and Hidoka Suzuki, along with Malcolm Bivens. They are, the diamond mine is officially open, but 
What in the hell did they want? And what did Kashida do? Why is this all happening? But that, my friends, all around the world is what a cliffhanger is supposed to do. If it wasn't crystal clear, Diamond Mind, all that stuff, it's going to get an up because I like debuts slash returns slash people shaving their heads. It's good stuff. It's all great. I can't wait to see what's happening next week on NXT. And for the first time in the history of NXT, well, at least since I have been watching it, we've got no downs on this show. So obviously the show itself is going to get a big hold up. It was a good one. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas... You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.